Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building. Nigga. Yeah. Alright, already the show goes on all night. Till uh. the morning we dream so long. Mm -hmm. Anybody ever wonder when they will see the thunder? Just remember when you come to the show. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, previewing the 2020 Genesis Invitational Special this year. It's now Tiger's event. We have Arnie's event. We have Jack's event. Now we have Tiger's event. 120 golfers at the Riv. But before we break it all down, you find me on Twitter at BDN, check the podcast at Always Press DFS. And my co-host, as always, on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how we doing, my friend? I'm doing good, dude. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Um, glad Pebbles over. I enjoy Fuck the golf yes. courses, but so glad that's over. <coughs> oh, that's painful to watch, man. Uh, sorry, cough. Did you have any uh, takeaways from that event? The <laughs> uh, glad it's over, like you said. Uh, no, I mean another kind of out of nowhere winner there with Nick Taylor. Um, did not see that coming. Uh, and then, did Kevin Strowman apparently like loves, loves the place? Trouble. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, him and uh, Larry Fitzgerald won the tournament again, even though they, I guess they cut like Fitzgerald's strokes. He's getting almost in half and they still won. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, Phil played well. Jason Day, man, it looked like he, yeah, yeah. he was on the comeback a little bit. Jordan Spieth snuck into the top five. Uh, you know, other than that, man, that it's just, it's so hard to get into that golf tournament because the coverage is just so bad. And, Part of it's CVS's fault, but part of it's just the just the nature of the beast. I mean, I, I tweeted at somebody, I think it was Kevin, um, when he said, that, well, first of all, I said that the XS, XFL on Saturday was more watchable than the <laughs> PJ Tour. And that's a fact, but he was like, that's blasphemy. And, and it, right after that, there was like a, a shank, uh, blade, and then uh, like a chunk by three celebrities in a row. And it's just like, man, you know. Thank God this is one time a year because I can't I could not do this weekly and you know just think about it, those guys have to do that like pretty much every Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, every Wednesday that deal. At least they made the new rule. I think you can you know bow out after nine holes or something. Right. Uh, yeah. the, the, the Tiger rule. So yeah. um, it makes it a little better. But yeah, the tournament's fun. Like the celebrities are fun, but for a PGA event, it's not fun. It's 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 annoying. Um, it, I love Sunday. It got windy for all the people that hated the U.S. Open. Like, if the weather was like that, which it is way more yeah. than it's not, that's how the right. U.S. Open. It would have been the U.S. Open. That would have been that day on steroids because the short, the narrower fairways, the kind of cutoff, runoff places. It would have been pure carnage out there if they would yeah. have got one or two days like that, and then everyone would have shut up. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that would have been fun to see at the at the U.S. Open. Um, it was not very fun. From my perspective, especially when, like, all your dudes are way over par, and it, it's just like you, know, you go from at least getting a little bit of money back to basically getting uh, skunked. It's just not. It's not a great time. Yeah, it, it was brutal. Some four sixes cashed for some of the boys in the Slack chat. It was rough uh, watching the scores. The way they just kept fluctuating. Spyglass like really like much harder than normal. Like it's usually the, the toughest of the three, but it like went real bad, real real bad. Uh, it was an interesting overall setup. So we're moving on. We're moving to the Riv, the Riviera Country Club for the Genesis Invitation. Like I said, 120 golfers. It's Tiger's event. 
It's a very secluded tournament. Why don't you give us some past event history when it used to be a 144-man field? Yeah, so this is uh, uh, an Invitational this year for the first time, I guess, ever. It's been an open tournament. Um, And basically the difference is in an Invitational, obviously you have to be invited by the, I guess, tournament uh sponsor or whatever woods. yeah well this this one's tiger woods um <laughs> like you got your api you got your Arnold palmer invitational where you know the Arnold palmer used to invite people but now it's, this is i guess going to eventually become the tiger woods Invitational. i don't know but long story short so it's it's uh the, the field is absolutely just just stacked and uh even more so i mean this this has had a pretty good draw in years past but last year um jb holmes won the golf tournament 1400 par one shot over justin thomas 2018 was Bubba's third um, championship or, or title uh, at, at this tournament. Uh, 1,200 par, two shots over Kevin Nall, Tony Finau. Uh, DJ won the tournament in 2017, 1,700 five shots over Scott Brown and Thomas Peters. Uh, Bubba Watson, like I said, won it uh, 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 for the second time in 2016. Um, James Hahn is a past winner here. Phil Mickelson has won this uh, tournament twice. Charles Howell won it back in uh, 2007. Um, Adam Scott won it back in 2005. Some some random names kind of in the mid-2010s, but more recently, besides J.B. Holmes, you know, you kind of got some, uh, I guess, more typical guys uh, winning this golf tournament. Yeah, more top 50 players, guys you'd expect to be up there. And one common theme with, with I'd say, about 80% or so of those names they hit it. They hit bombs, as Phil would say. They hit bombs, and that's going to be a big thing. You look at Riviera Country Club, par 71, 7,322 yards. It is a tight fairway, tree-lined fairway course, but it's not like – it's penal in the effect that if you're in the trees, you're going to have, like, block shots to the green, but the rough is easy to hit out of. Not easy to keep it on the green, though, because the greens are small. They're not as small as pebble, but, like, course standards about – 7,500 square feet. These are 5,000 square feet, and they're hard and quick. They're about 12 to 12 and a half on the stemp, mainly POA greens. I saw somewhere bent grass POA. I think they're mainly all POA. That's what we have on the West Coast this year. Pretty sure that's what we still have at the rib. I saw that more often than not, but I did see one spot that said bent grass POA, so if anybody's going to argue, it's out there, but just pretty much think it's a POA green. Um, uneven fairways just, just bombs away. Like they, Like I said, most of the time, they're just going to have to, you know, punch it out, pitch up, try to save par. Otherwise, if they hit it straight, they're going to have a huge advantage on the field here as it is a long course, six par fours, over 455 yards. But the weird thing is the par fives are very gettable. Very, very – like the par the, – the first hole's a par five less than 500 yards and over 5% of the field, 5 to 6% of the field eagled it last year. I believe they had 29 eagles out of the 45 in the tournament last year on the first hole. So if you can get if you're a big hitter that can hit straight and get to these greens in two, really got to take advantage of the par fives. Par five scoring will be huge for some of these guys. That's why you see like JT and and DJ and a lot of those guys that you know can hit it 350 off the tee are you know getting wedge shots into a par five, which is just asinine when you really think about it. But uh, dog legs come into play here, but a lot of the guys can get creative here. That's why Bubba's so good at this course. He can play around the dog legs. Um, I mentioned the small greens. The fact they're so hard. There's lots of runoffs. One of the hardest greens to hit on tour, only 57% of golfers hit the greens in regulation since 2010. Um, the bunkers, this is where Cantley, I believe, had trouble uh, in years past. Super deep bunkers, not like British Open bunkers, but super deep. So you can't just kind of you know, lo- uh, you know know hit it out. You have to loft it up and then get it to stick. 
So scrambling is going to be very, very big. You're scrambling accuracy off the tee, good iron play because you want to the, – the reason why you do want to be in the fairway is so you can hit your irons and stick it on the green. If you are playing out of the rough, it's not penal rough, but you're not going to have the same clubs to control the ball. That's the difference in, in uh, why you don't want to spray it as much as some of these guys will. Um, it's also been – last year was the 10th hardest course on tour, and usually it's always in the top 10 on hardest courses on tour. So scoring, very, very important here. Uh, for me, par fives, accuracy, scrambling, uh, and then just uh, bogey avoidance can be interesting because there's going to be a lot of just saving par is a good score on some of these holes. I remember like the 10th hole is a drivable par four if you want to be aggressive, but if you miss it, you're in a goofy bunker and it gets really tricky. You're going to see that one a lot. It's it's a fun course. It, all different types can do it, but uh, in the end, bombers have a big upper hand here. What's some of the stats you're looking at, Jesse? Um, yeah. I. It, driving distance, uh, it, I have that weighted on uh, Fancy Labs, Greens and Regulation, um, about equal birdies and, and bogey score uh, on there. And then there's plenty of course history. Last year, and uh, pretty much the same this year, just one small tweak uh, on uh, Fancy Golf National, um, using stroke scan approach, proximity from 175 to 200. I think you can throw in 200 to 225 on there if you want. Uh DraftKings points and then uh, ball striking around the green and then opportunities gained. Um, you know, I mean, scores can get decently low here uh, from a winning perspective. The cut is generally even or or, or over par. Um, so keep that in mind. I mean, pars aren't necessarily a bad score early on for your guys who are, you know, in the six $7,000 range. You're just hoping to make the cut. Uh, but, you know, eventually, obviously, you got to – you do have to score here to make to win. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no doubt about it. With only 120 golfers, over half the field will play on the weekend. So keep that in mind when you're building your lineups for GPPs. I think you're going to see some very – you're going to see a lot of stars and scrubs, I think, this week. And it's, we're going to get to DraftKings here in a minute. And the pricing with the field of this size, it feels like you're at a major with some of these guys are in the 7 and 8K range. But at the same time, with so many guys making the cut, you're going to see a lot of these 6K guys we'll talk about in lineups this week, more than normal, I would think. Uh, real quick, FanshareSports.com have been good friends of the podcast for a long time. Use promo code ALWAYSPRESS for 20% off the package of your choice. Always putting out new stuff out there. I know Jesse in a week's past has talked about like course fit. There's been some interesting names on there that have been popping. But uh, for, for now, we'll look at course fit later in the week. But guys coming in in good form. Last six events on tour in this field of DraftKings scoring. Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Decky, But then Brendan Todd. Abraham, uh, Todd hasn't played in a while, so keep that in mind. But Abraham Answer, Adam Scott, Patty Reed, Xander, and Sunjay. So it just shows you how loaded this field is. Uh, last six events, par 71, 7,200 to 7,400, so courses of this size. The reason I did this is because it's a par 71, but it's long, so it emphasizes the length. So guys that play well on length, and it makes sense when you look at it. JT's averaging almost 96 DK points. Patrick Cantlay, Tony Finau, Morikawa is up here. And remember, at the Waste Management, he was Eagle and all those par fives. Mentioned how important that is at this field. Uh, DJ Piercy is a guy that can hit it long. If he's accurate, he loves West Coast. Not good here, but he, he does like the West Coast. Rom, J.B. Holmes, Brooks Kepka, and Adam Scott. Last but not least, the last five events at the Riv in this tournament between the Genesis and the Northern Trust. DJ leads the way here. That makes a lot of sense. He just dominates this field. Uh, Justin Rose, uh, Sun Kang, who let everybody down last week. Third best. He's only played two events here out of the five, but averaging 85 DK points. 
got Rory, Scott, Stricker hits the mole. He's only played it once. So take that with a grain of salt. Cantlay, Rum, Bubba in all five events averaging 79 points, and Xander. So a lot of names you expect, and we talk about our picks coming up. We'll talk about some course history. But let's get into those picks. DraftKings time, 10K and above. McElroy, 11-6. John Rahm, 11-2. JT, 11. Woods, 10-4. DJ, I can't wait to see the ownership on this at $10,000. We know it's a loaded field, Jesse. Like, there's going to be so many guys that we just can't play. Who are you looking at at 10K and above? Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to try to play all these, especially if, I mean, if you're playing 20 lineups, you know, I would make at least one lineup with each one of these guys and obviously pick maybe a, a, a handful, two or three that where you go a little bit more than that. But um, from like just a stats perspective, Rory, you know, stands out. He's hitting the ball really well. He's played this golf course really, you know, he's done well around here. Third, fourth, and first in his last three events. If you go back four events, it's third uh, on tour. And then at this golf course, fourth, 20th, 20th in his last three starts. Um, it's hard not to just love Rory this week. I know he's the highest priced. Uh, I feel like he will be like he typically is where the kind of he's the highest owned in your higher buy-ins and then the lower buy-ins, he won't be his own. Um, but, I, you know, I, it's hard not to try to get a piece of all these dudes because I, I feel like DJ especially, I, I know he will, he will get talked up all week long. Um, he hit the ball really well last week. He shot yep. 78 on Sunday. Uh, he couldn't putt. He just couldn't, couldn't make a putt, yeah. I mean, that was pretty much the gist with, with him last week. Um, Tiger obviously is, I think, totally fine. He finished 15th here last year. JT, I mean, at one point was the hottest, you know, just a month ago was the hottest golfer in the world. And he finished second here last year. John Rahm, you know, he finished ninth here last year. These these guys, I mean, this is this is literally like a major. Mm-hmm. Yeah, February. it's awesome. Uh, for me, I would pretty much, it sounds lazy, but if you're going to pay up here, which you don't have to, but I think you're going to want to, I'd just play the ownership game. <laughs> it's that, it's that yeah. simple. I'm because, with you. No. because they're all like you could see any of these guys winning. Like yeah, I'm not sure. gonna I'm not gonna try to tell you one guy's better than the other. Like Rory's now number one in the world. I think he's a great play. DJ's my favorite, and it's mainly because of the price point, just the way he's playing right now. He looks he looks as close to the old JT, uh, DJ as we've seen in a long time. Like he's hitting the ball very, very well. And DJ always plays well. Okay, always in golf's a bad term, but he usually plays really well at courses he likes to play at. And this is one of those. So a guy like DJ somehow came in at $10,000. I know it's a loaded field. I'm still shocked by that price. Like you could have at least switched DJ and Tiger for me. Just a thought. But uh, DJ at 10000 I'm really curious about that ownership. Um, and then JT's phenomenal. Rom's phenomenal. Actually, this is like Tiger's worst golf course, which is crazy. He, I don't think he's won or he's maybe won once in 12 tries, which for Tiger standards, that's not good at all. Um, so if I had to narrow it down, I want DJ, I want Rom, and then it's like JT and Rory are really close. I think Rom kind of gets overlooked in this grouping, which I love because Rory, JT, Ty, like they're all great. I have a, a hunch Rom's going to get overlooked here, and that excites me. I want to play DJ, but like how much ownership is too high for you on DJ? Um, yeah, I think anything over like in 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 a, a, he he will probably be a guy that I don't 
play out of the whole entire group just from just from the ownership perspective game uh because he i, I feel like he'll be the, the highest on everybody's gonna talk about him and past winter here you know just a couple years ago so yeah i mean I, i'll go like i i would much i'd much rather, much rather just play rory and then figure it out myself yeah no i don't blame you there i think dj my plans for now is to play dj my one and done and I know that's going to be a popular pick, but I'm not worried about ownership right now in one and done. I'm just, I'm just not. Um, I really think I'm going to put DJ in this week in his role. Yeah, one I, thing I forgot. I, I, I think it's a good hedge. I think it's a good, yeah. Good way one thing it. I forgot to mention: the purse here is 9.3 million. One of the highest ones on tour. They raised the, the purse. They lowered the field, and instead of the normal two-year exemption for winning, you get three years for this tournament. So um, these boys, I know most of these big guys are going to win and be fine and or they don't even need a win to keep playing golf, but a lot of money at stake this week, lots. So that's why I'm one, just going to take, take DJ and go. Yeah, $1.6 million to the to the, uh, to the the winner too. So That's like WGC-type prize money, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so get it while it's good. Uh, let's get into the 9K range here where we can narrow it down a little more, but still it's locked and loaded. Uh, you got Cantlay at 98. He's played well here. Bubba at 96, who everyone's talking about. Mayo's already talked about him like 75 times. He's going to be chalk. Uh, I can see a lot of DJ Watson lineups to start things out this week. Uh, you got Brooks at 94, Matsuyama at 93, Xander 92, Tony 91, Adam Scott down to $9,000. Uh, where are you starting in the 9K range? Yeah, start with uh, Cantlay at the top there, 15th and 4th in his last two uh, starts at this golf course. Coming off a, a, a pretty good showing last week, he um, – Started off really good and then just kind of had a lackluster weekend. But at at 98, uh, you know, I, I don't have an issue with him at all, especially right above Bubba. I mean, I, Bubba might be the might be the highest owned. I, I don't know. Um, but I, I do like your kind of prediction of a lot of lineups start with DJ and, and Bubba. That wouldn't surprise me a bit. When Bubba won here a couple years ago, two years ago, 2018, uh, it was kind of out of the blues when he was coming off of that whole stint with Volvic, if you remember. Yes. I'm sure you remember all that nonsense that he went through there. Got paid um, and he to was play like a dumb golf ball. Yeah. He was like priced way down in the, let's see, what was his price back then? Uh, 76 rings of Elba. I'm just guessing. 7,800. <laughs> I was like, that's close. Yeah. So his, his price was much, and he was only 7.6% owned on, I guess on average there. In that in that tournament, and uh, anyways, long story short, it the he's not an unknown like he was. That I'm not saying that obviously that really factors in, but you're not going to get him less than ten percent this year. It's probably going to be fifteen to twenty percent at least. So with that being said, I like can't can't lay a little bit more, but then also man Brooks at ninety four hundred. Yeah. You fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. Um, just lost his number one player in the world status coming off mm-hmm. an injury. He's completely GPP only for me. I think he'll be less than 10% owned. Yep. And if I'm I can get you. a dude like Brooks at less than 10% owned, I would be all over that. What, what do we um, usually say about Brooks? Yeah, I mean, he, he shows up whenever you like least expect uh-huh. it. He's had not had a good stretch. Obviously, he WD'd, he WD'd at the CJ Cup, uh, played Obby Dobby, finished 34th, 17th at the Saudi. Um, you know, so he's he's got a couple of tournaments under his belt now just lost his you know number one status and you know he 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 shows up when when people write him off um 
and some people might say he doesn't give a shit or, you know, whatever the case may be, but at 9,400, you know, at least if you're a betting dude, I would bet the 20 to one that, that I'm showing right now on him on Bovada. Uh, I think Hideki's fine. Xander, um, he's okay too. And then Tony Finau, uh, he's actually played pretty well here in the last couple of years, 15th and second. Uh, and then obviously coming off the near win at the Phoenix Open, he finished sixth the week before that at the Farmers Insurance Open. So two straight top tens. And if you go back three tournaments or four tournaments for him, uh, he's not fish- finished at the top 15. Uh, so I think he's I think he's good. And then maybe potentially a little bit of sneaky, uh, Adam Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, he he won the Australian PGA Championship, which was back in December. Hasn't played since then. Most people aren't really going to pay a whole heck of a lot of attention to him, but he's played pretty well around here as a past champion, obviously, and then uh, finished seventh here, uh, you know, last year. So, and he, he looked pretty good to me at the uh, um, the President's Cup. You know, obviously that was a while back now, but still, I mean, he seems to be hitting it pretty well. And please, God, bring the uh, <laughs> bring the big putter, bring the big putter, bring the big flat yeah. stick. Um, yeah, I'm with you on this. Cantley, I think, is a very good pivot right in between Bubba and DJ, like ownership wise. It's going to be sneaky nice. Brooke Kapka, big game Hunter Brooks. Um, I heard, you know, Feinberg tweeted out that Brooks hates the West Coast. I said, I think Brooks hates boring tournaments because on the West Coast last year, I had to remind him the U.S. Open was, and he almost won the damn yeah. thing. Right. So, um, and, 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 you know, he, he could blow up. We've seen him blow up before. But at the same time, I don't think he's going into these tournaments. I know I know it's Tiger, so he's going to say yes, they're buddies. At the same time, I don't think he's going to just be like, oh, I'm going to go hit it and barely make the cut. He lost his number one, like you said. He's getting healthier. He's finishing better and better. I've, you know, no, no, no homo here, but I was, I, 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 I follow him on Instagram and I was watching his videos. He's swinging it pretty good right now. Just going to throw that out there. He, he looks like he's pretty healthy. So if he wants to play well here, I think he will. Tough golf course. Anything can happen. But like you said, for GPP at 9,400, a low-owned Brooks Kepka. yeah, hard to pass that up in a GPP. really is. Uh, Bubba at 96, I get it. It's going to be chalkier than chalk. But the dude is playing great golf right now. So if you need to go there, you can. I think Brooks and Cantley are great pivots off of that. And then I'm really glad you mentioned Adam Scott at 9,000. I like Adam quite a bit. His whole range is good, obviously. Fina Alexander. Yeah. Matsuyama's played really well at this tournament also. But I think Adam Scott at 9,000, if you're looking for ownership plays, if you say you do play Bubba or you do play DJ and you need a lower-owned guy that can go low, you got Adam Scott. He's made uh, six straight cuts here, including seventh last year, second four years ago. And you mentioned how he won the Australian and then took time off. Don't forget, people, Adam Scott plays in like seven events a year now, it feels like. he He's not one of those guys where we usually talk about recent form. Adam Scott just shows up and he balls out. This is what he does. So um, $9,000. As long as the putter's there, he's going to – I'm going to say he's going to make the cut, and he's going to probably give you a 15, top 10 or something. He's going to play well. So I like Scott at 9,000 quite a bit as a, a lower-owned option in this range. 8K range. It just gets better and better. Jason Day is down to $8,800. Yes, please. Uh, Leishman, 87, coming off his W. Uh, Patty Reed, 86. Justin Rose. Justin Rose is at 8500 bucks. Speeth 84, Phil 83, Answer 82, Morikawa 81, M8000. This is going to be an awesome range to try to figure out the ownership game. Like an awesome range. Because yeah, I think Rose, at, people are going to see that price and go bananas over it. And I don't blame them at all. What do you like in this 8K range? 
Yeah, there's, I mean, obviously plenty to like here. I mean, this is why this is, I mean, this feels like the Masters, the way that they have this priced out here. It's minus all the 75-year-old um, guys that are playing at 6K. Right, right, right. And then just a 90-person field. I mean, this is probably arguably a, a better field than uh, than something like the U.S. Open um, mm-hmm. where you got, you know, some qualifiers or whatever. But anyways, uh, Justin Rose, you had 8,500. Um, he hasn't missed a cut here since 2008. He hasn't played here since 2017, but he finished fourth that year. And then uh, he's coming off a missed cut at the Farmers Insurance Open. Um did not play very well on the first day. It was I, maybe it was a little bit of a layover or whatever. Uh, he was coming back from Singapore. Uh, long story short, I don't have an issue with Justin Rose at all, and I'll probably play him quite a bit. Answer at eighty two feels like a bit of an overprice to me, but at the same time, like I want to play him. Um, he's coming off two straight, basically top sixes, and, and one of them was a second place finish at the American Express. Morikawa at eighty one. Uh, never played here, but he's been playing very well. Basically, three straight top twenty fives. Uh, you know, finished seventh, the tournament champions. So he's uh he's been in kind of some some better fields like this already this year and played well. And then yeah, Sung J M at eight thousand. I mean, he, he had the miscut here last year, but he's taken a week off finally. <laughs> That's a rarity. Um, yeah. So at eight thousand, I you know I, he scores in bunches. He's kind of tilting because he does make some big numbers, but. At eight thousand, I, you know, I he's pretty much a cash game shoe in for me in this field. Yeah, he's a birdie machine. So for guys that might bogey a few, he'll get some back free as well. So I don't hate that at all. Uh, Jason Date eighty eight has my attention. He's made two straight cuts here, but doesn't play this course very often. He played in seventeen, finished sixty fourth. Played in twelve, finished sixty second. So that doesn't bode like great, but he's coming in in great form. A fourth place and a sixteenth his last two. And there was interviews over the weekend, like on Saturday night or Sunday where he was looking forward to, to playing. You know, like he's the first he's all the first time in a long time I'm looking forward to playing Riviera. So take that with what you want. At least he's like focused and we're ready to play well here. Eighty eight hundred bucks. Uh, I don't mind some Jason Day. Ride the hot streak while you can. Uh Mark Leishman, really good course history at this event. Obviously coming off that win his last time out on tour. But you look at the course history, fourth last year, miscut, miscut, fifth, miscut. Sounds like GPP to me, Jesse. So yeah. um all or nothing leash at eighty seven. Rose eighty five is it's, it's amazing. I can't wait to like DJ Bubba Rose. These are your chalk guys, right in order for you, like in some way or fashion. So enjoy that. But all great plays. So hard to argue with you there. I think Abraham Answer is one of my favorite, hopefully lower owned plays. Sixth place two weeks ago. Second place two week uh, two weeks before that. Played some great golf to start the year. He's two for two unmade cuts here. Answer at eighty two. I think is another low owned guy, kind of like Adam Scott, which I'm a big fan of this week. So I'll be having some Abraham answer. Uh, Morikawa, M per usual, as you said, very, very much in play. These kids are good. They're cup makers. They can score. So no problem with that at all. Let's go to the 7K range here. I'll actually read them off because there's not as many yet. DeChambeau at 79. Casey at 79. Sergio playing decent golf at 78. Cooch at 78 is a cash game lock. Fitzpatrick at 77. Holmes is going to be a very interesting name this week at 77. Ryan Moore, 76. Nas, 76. CH375, Grace 75, Homa 75, and Cam Smith 75. 7,500 and above, Jesse. Who are you targeting? Yeah, I mean, this is where it you know, kind of starts to get good as far as um, being different in lineups. Yeah, and, and actually making some 
actual picks. You know, mm-hmm. I, mean, I think we talked about every guy above this, uh, and for good reason because there's some good guys up there. But yeah, Paul Casey, uh, seventy nine hundred, hasn't missed a cut here at least since two thousand eight. Um, he's he's played pretty well around here. Now he did shoot eighty one on Sunday, but at Pebble Beach. But you know, I really don't. Uh, you know, it's might have been some wind, some hungoverness. You know, who knows with that? Uh, he hasn't missed a cut on tour. Well, it was a European tour back in October. Uh, was the last cut that he missed on in, on any tour or whatever. So, I think he's fine. Bryson at seventy nine is is interesting. Fifteenth uh, and forty first in his last two years here, and you know, at some point, he's probably gonna find it again. Um, didn't play overly well at the Phoenix Open, but you know, for that price in this field, I think he's worth a gander. You already mentioned Cooch. You know, obviously, I think he's totally fine. Skipping down a little bit, uh, Max Homa at 7,500. Finished 37th here last year um, and had a pretty good showing going, especially until Sunday. Again, the wind kicked up, fucked over a bunch of people. Finished 14th, uh, sixth the week before that at the uh, Phoenix Open and ninth at the Farmers Insurance Open. So, um I like Max again this week, uh, you know, similar type of greens and in California still, he's, he's had a pretty good West coast swing there. So I will stick with him at 7,500. Not too bad at all. I like the, I like that call quite a bit at 75. Uh, Casey, I'm on board with Cooch at 7,800. It's just, it's too hard for me to pass up at the, at the tournament like this. If you're looking for cut makers, again, a lot of this field's making the cut, but He's played every year but 2015 since 2008. So is that two, four, six, eight, ten? He's played 11 of the last 12 years. He's made 10 of 11 cuts. Like he's just rock solid at this event. Basically, no worse than a uh, at 157th back in 2009. Back to back made cuts on tour. So Cooch is 78. I like quite a bit. Uh, JB Holmes. I hate playing JB Holmes. You hate playing JB Holmes. But JB Holmes, the defending champion, he's made 11 of the last 12 cuts here. Including uh, about five top five, five top sevens, I'll say, and he's finished fourteenth, sixteenth, sixteenth the last two weeks. If anybody can screw up great form and good course history, it's JB Holmes. But <laughs> um, at seventy seven hundred dollars, it's also hard to pass up a guy you know you can compete here and score. So that that's an interesting play. I am not playing chalky JB Holmes. Let's so keep an eye on that. Uh, Kevin Na is another guy, pretty good course history. He finished fourteenth at Pebble, miscut, and then seventeenth uh, a couple weeks before that. He's a good GPP play at 76. CH3 is another good cash guy at 75. Um, he, you know, previous winner here, like you said, he's made five straight cuts, including six last year at this event. He's taken a few weeks off after a missed cut. So CH3 at 75, I'm on board with. I love the Max Homa call, like you said. 37th here last year, coming in in really, really good form. And then the last guy I'll mention in this range, and I'm like you said, you can differentiate. This is where you differentiate your lineups. Like Kevin Na's a good one. Uh, JB Holmes, maybe Homa. Cam Smith at seventy five hundred bucks always gets overlooked. Always overlooked, especially in a field like this. I think goes severely overlooked. He's four for four made cuts in the last four years. Forty ninth and sixth the last two. Coming off a missed cut, but did win over in Hawaii. He's a big, big hitter. If he's accurate, he can get in contention at a course like this. So I think Cam Smith at seventy five, Max Homa at seventy five, Kevin Knott seventy six are three guys in that mid seven range that you can really differentiate your lineups with as you're looking to uh, save some cash and maybe eat some chalk up top. All right, 7,400 to 7,000, Jesse. I am not reading all these off. So who you got here? Yeah, start up top uh, or toward the top anyway, 7,400 with uh, Brendan Todd. 
he's had some kind of mixed course history, miscut, 14th, 35th, miscut, and that's 2016, 2015, 2014, 2012. So he hasn't played here in a few years, um, and he's not really been playing on the West Coast too much other than he did play the American Express and the Sony, which obviously the Sony's in the middle Pacific Ocean. But long story short, uh, playing you know pretty good in 7,400, you know, I'd be willing to take a chance with him. Alexander Norin at 7,300. Yes. Uh, he finished 16th here in 2018. Um, been hitting it better than he had over last season this year. So he's figured some stuff out. Uh, 32nd last week, 14th at the American Express. So 7,300, definitely worth a, a look there. Um, Hadwin, dude. I mean, at 7,200, <laughs> he, did he didn't play very well. He started terribly. Uh, I mean, yep. he's he's had a really bad start from the very beginning at the at the AT and T last week. But then he fin- you know, he, he shot seventy seventy one in his last two rounds. He did shoot seventy four on the first day, missed a cut. But he hasn't missed a cut here that I know of ever. I mean, last year he finished seventy fifth, not great, but two thousand eighteen he finished sixth. So at seventy two hundred, definitely worth a look. Jason Kokrak, I think he'll be. Uh, Decently low owned. I've seen his name a couple of times, so I'm not 100 percent sure on that. But uh, and then moving on down the list a little bit, um, Jim Furyk. Uh, so like, I was super surprised how chalky he was last week, um, and he did miss the cut. He was you know 15 percent owned. He was top 20 at least in the uh, Pat Mayo Open or whatever. Uh, um, I was surprised by that. I feel like this is. I mean, he's had more success around here. 37th last year, he did miss the cut in 18, but then. You know, five straight mic cuts, six straight mic cuts, five straight mic cuts before that. You know, I, I don't know if I'll play Jim Fricker at 7,000. I would rather play somebody who's like not super old, um, like Corey Connors. Uh, <laughs> uh, he hasn't missed a cut since the Sanderson's Farms back in the fall and been playing pretty well. Uh, 45th in Phoenix and then 12th at the uh, Sony Open. Um, what about you, boy, Franny being 7,000? Dude. He looks lost, but in a G- fucking fall from grace, bro. In a GPP, I don't hate it, but it's risky as all hell. I'm gonna be completely honest. I love me some Franny, as we all know. I don't know if I can stomach it. Like you need it. It's only MME type stuff. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but he's a I'm dude that it. he's a dude that can win at seven thousand. I wouldn't be shocked if he's top five in it by the end of the weekend. But at the same time, I would be shocked because he's playing so freaking bad. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean. Yeah, I mean, if you yeah, if you got 150 lineups, you may put him in five, but I'm definitely not jamming him in three or maybe even 20. Um, lastly, Eric Van Van Royen EVR um, EVR, let's call him. Uh, he's a European tour guy, but he tends to show up like kind of in mm-hmm. in these types of events with more, I guess, major appeal. Uh, he did make the cut at the U.S. Open last year and um, PGA Championship. He finished eighth. So, I mean. He's kind of faced these guys down a little bit. He's coming off a miscut in the uh, Middle East last uh, two weeks ago. But anyways, maybe a, a GPP dart there. That's it. Don't hate that at all. Uh, I love the Norn call. Norn's one of my favorite plays down here 16th two years ago, coming in in really good form. I'm going to get better and better. So enjoy the price tag while you can. Uh, RCB, haven't been on him yet this year. He, I believe, missed the cut. Yeah, he missed the cut uh, last week, which was a surprise for me. Made cut, missed cut, made cut. But he's two for two on cuts made here, 25th and 26th. GPP, I like some upside with um, RCB. Don't mind that at all. Uh, Neiman at 73 is another GPP guy, but I've already heard Mayo talking him up like crazy. 
So beware of the chalk Neiman, but a 73 is interesting. I'd probably rather Norin or even RCB there, but I don't hate Neiman if you're looking that way. Another good GPP play on this slate is Scott Piercy for me. Course history rise, not ideal at this tournament. Um, hasn't played in two years with a miscut. Didn't play in 15 or 16, miscut, two made cuts, so on and so forth. But coming in in great form, 18th last week, 6th the week before at, at the Waste Management. He's made every cut so far on this calendar year, and he can hit it a long ways. Loves the West Coast. So Piercy at uh, 72, I like quite a bit. Uh, someone to look at in that one. Uh, you mentioned Corey Connors, Kokrak, EVR. I, I like all those for GPPs as well. If I'm looking for a lower-owned cash game or a, a low-priced cash game, it's Norin for me. That's my guy. The rest of these are all GPP-type plays. Like we said earlier, a lot of stars and scrubs will be taking place this week. 6K range, since it's such a loaded field, there's actually a lot of targets down here. Um, I broke down probably way too many. What are some <laughs> of the ones you're looking at? Uh, I started 6,800 with Lanto Griffin, uh, yes, Lanto, yes, yes. whatever you want to call him. Um, you know, he had really good, really good finish last week. Finished top 10, finished ninth. You know, shot 73 on Sunday, very respectable um, after two straight missed cuts. And then two, you know, two straight top 13s before that. So uh, I'll be I'll be all over him. I got him at super low ownership last week after the two straight missed cuts. So I, I doubt it's going to be that low this week. But at the same time, he is in the 6,000 range. So generally these guys aren't super chalky. Nick Watney at 6,600. I thought I was going to get like a sneaky made cut out of him last week. And then he like just completely truck slammed. So <laughs> um, that was tilting. But he's got some... Pretty good course history down here. 28th, 22nd, 34th in his last three starts, and that was 2017, 2015, 2012. Um, and then Vaughn Taylor at 6,600. Uh, you know, it, he's like I, – I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to play him if he's chalky, but he is coming off two straight missed cuts. And from just like a course history stats perspective, some stuff that I look at, um, you know, he's a, a guy that that has played well around here. He's hit it well. Um, and if he could just make some putts, Taylor Gooch at 6,300, uh, finished 20th here in 2018, um, and hasn't missed a cut since the Greenbrier back in the fall. HV3 looked really good starting out last week. Um, and he went full Keegan. Uh, he went from the lead full to uh, a missed, missed cut. Now he's missed four straight cuts. Not a super big fan of him, but he can score in bunches. And, you know, where the, the field, you know, half the field does make the cut, I, I, I don't you know, have an issue if you're dipping down this low. I mean, I don't think I will be, but, you know, if you're looking for somebody at 6,200, HV3 be the guy I would lean towards. All right. I'm going to try not to name everybody I'd written down, but a few to look at. JT Poston, 28th here last year, 78th few years before that. Back-to-back made cut, $6,900. We know he's a guy that can go birdies and bunches. So the postman is on my list. I love Lanto. Big fan of Lanto. If they need a pivot off of him, Carlos Ortiz at the same price at 68, 9th here last year. He's three of three on made cuts here. He's made three or four cuts on this calendar year. So I don't mind some Carlos Ortiz at 68. Uh, Dylan Fratelli at 6,700 is in, in play as well. Uh, 28th here last year coming in with uh, back-to-back made cuts on tour. So I don't mind him at that 67 price tag. Denny McCarthy has been a cut-making machine. He's 6,600. Missed the cut here last year, but he's made, I believe, I saw on DraftKings at least 10 of 10 cuts. He's made five of his last five cuts in the last 12 events. I know that much for sure that he's played in. So uh, Denny McCarthy is a guy at 6,600 if he's wanted to get through to the weekend. Really good putter. These greens are going to be fast. Pola, McCarthy, phenomenal putter. So keep that in mind at $6,600. 
A uh, couple more here. Cam Tringali at 6,500. Another guy that can birdie in bunches can be full tilt, but that's why he's $6,500. But uh, coming into this event, missed the cut here two years ago. But prior to that, he had made seven straight cuts here, including a sixth, eighth place finish in 2017th. So, um, and coming to say three or four cuts, including a cut last week at the Pebble Beach Pro Am. So Tringali at 65 is a guy I don't mind at all. And then my super, like, Dolman's interesting, Laird's interesting, Chappie's interesting. But if you want a super <laughs> punt, like, I, I know, I'm not saying play them all. The ones I mentioned <laughs> earlier, I'd rather play. But you mentioned a $6,200 guy. A $6,200 guy for me is Troy Merritt. He has made uh, two of his last three cuts this event, including 11th place in 16, coming off a of 25th at Pebble, missed cut at the way, 68th a couple weeks before that. He's a guy that can get hot at times. He can also just blow up, but... When he, when he runs, he usually runs good. So Troy Merritt at 62 is a guy I could look at. But, like, we both met, met, named almost all completely different guys outside of Atlanta. So it just shows you there's a lot of ways to go here, and it's also why I think we're going to see some heavy stars and scrubs as well. So I'm really yeah, curious sure. to see how the lineup builds come out because there's some pretty good bird makers down here on GPPs at least, especially when over half the field is going to make the weekend, you can get a little more aggressive in your lineup builds. So something about there. Um, at the same time, maybe that means you want to get safer. Who knows? Um, let's recap things real quick, Jesse. 10K and above, pick one guy. Um, Rory. I'm going to go DJ, but if DJ's too chalky, it's John. I'm just going to specify that right now, but DJ. Uh, 9K range. I'll say can't lie. I like the can't lie call. I'll go Adam Scott. Uh, 8K range. Go. Let's go one. Justin Rose. I like the Rose call. I'll go answer. Uh, 7,500 to, to 79, go two. Homa and PC. Um, I'll go Cam Smith and Cooch. 7,000 to 7,400, go two. Uh, Norin and uh, Brendan Todd. Yeah, Norin for sure for me. And I will go with uh, EVR at 7,000. Uh, six K range. Go with two guys. Uh, Lonto and Vaughn Taylor. I'll go Lonto and Tringali. But uh, lots of ways to go. Lots of ways to go. Hit us up in the Slack chat if you have questions. I'll repeat the seventy-five six K guys I like. So feel free to come join me in there. Uh, GPP plays. If you're starting on a lineup, Jesse, three guys. Um. So it would be Rory. Uh, in, in GBPs for sure. Um, I'll have it, you know, I usually play three lineups, so I'll have at least at least one with him. Um, I think you can fit in Rose with him, Lonto at 6,800. So Lonto, Rose, Rory. I'm gonna look at Rom, Holmes, Tringali and see where I get created from there. So boomer busted up there. Cash games, who's three guys you'd start out with? Uh, Sung Jay, Kucher, um, and like, I think Tony Finau is pretty cash worthy just based on the Could way he's played him. and his uh, kind of success around here the last couple of times. I don't hate that at all. I got Kucher, Rose, and Day. I think those are the three I go with. But lots of ways to go with the pricing this week. And one thing I will we say it a lot, but I'm going to reiterate this week with a loaded field like this: do not forget to play your cash game and a GPP because oh, yeah. these guys are so good. You're going to be surprised by some scores this week. Do not forget to do that. Um, who's your pick to win this week? Loaded ass field, loaded. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think you got to throw a little bit on Brooks there at twenty to one. But also, I have uh, Norin. I'm showing him a hundred to one. 
on Bovada. Um, I did my own research this week, so I didn't and rely on you to to pull the um deal there. Uh, so yeah, those would be my my two kind of short and then long. Yeah, Kepka, that's great value. I think Adam Scott at thirty three to one is intriguing to me. Um, I, I like the Noren call as well. Uh, answer is forty to one. I'd I'd like to see what a top twenty pays out there. That could be very much in my wheelhouse. I, I'm a big fan of answer this week. Maybe a top twenty Max Homa at ninety to one. Cam Smith ninety to one. Kind of sprinkle some top twenties with some of these kids, and you might get some serious return. So uh, I, I like the Noren call to win as well. So lots of lots to do here. I think DJ's winning the whole damn thing. But he's twelve to one on what I'm looking at. I've seen fourteen to one. In reality. Those are actually good numbers for DJ. I'm just going to throw that out there because usually he's like six to one, but uh, it, it's a loaded field, loaded, loaded field. That's why I think the Brooks, the Brooks price is good. Uh, Xander at 22 is upside. Canley at 20, but uh, DJ, uh, DJ's, I got DJ winning the thing, but we'll see how it goes. Um, any final thoughts this week? Uh, different type of tournament, different size, loaded field. Any parting thoughts for the listeners? I don't uh, really. It's going to be fun. So. I'm excited for it. Uh, one note about next week, we might have a, a special guest join us. Yes, we, we might. I'm really excited about this. The door is always yep. open for this special guest, and it sounds like he's going to be joining us to talk about the Chapultepultuca golf course in Mexico. <laughs> um, he typed it out, so I'm going to make him say it on air with that accent of his. I can't wait. So um, that is happening. But uh, if there's no other words, we'll wrap it up for the night. Uh, find Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods, the pod at Always Press DFS. I'm at BD Entrick. If you give a rating and review, we'd much appreciate it. But until next time, this is the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast previewing the 2020 Genesis Invitational. Catch you guys later. Anybody ever wonder?